Making sure you and your loved ones can live comfortably in the future starts with choices you make today. At RBC Wealth Management, they can help you make the right choices in using the assets you've built up over a lifetime. Whether it's leaving something for your loved ones, enjoying your own retirement, or giving to a favorite charity, RBC Wealth Management will help you plan for the coming years and the coming generations. Call the Quigley Group at the Eau Claire office of RBC Wealth Management at 715-858-7788 to see how they can help. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Hello everyone, Talk of the Town is up and running in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano and this is is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. Here we go. Another week is upon us and lots to get to as there always is. But you always, I want to leave you wanting more. You should never leave a dinner table completely stuffed because then you regret the meal. You want to leave wanting just a little bit more. And then after a few minutes, you realize, okay, I was satisfied, but I'm excited to do it again. So I want to leave you always wanting just a little bit more. Leave them wanting is what they say. I don't want to starve you, though, from the audible chocolate, but I want to give you just enough that when we're done, you wish we still had some time together. And then after a few minutes, you're okay, and but you've got still plenty of appetite for when we meet again. Uh, while you're at it. Make sure you're following us on Spotify and the iHeart app, the best way to get all of the great podcasts that we have with Eau Claire Hometown Media, Dose of Dog, Banker with a Beer, the Boys and Girls Club podcast. We got a couple other news shows debuting in a couple of weeks. Uh, Dr. Usher weighs in. I think that's a great show for you to follow. Of course, Mark on Unleashed with Dan Markon. Great episode this week as he addresses some of the uh, misinformation, he says, that is out there about him. So check out the Mark on Unleashed podcast while you are at it. There's a lot of different ways we can take this show. Uh, there, there are some weeks, there are some days in which you're doing a talk show and it feels like you're opening up the refrigerator the day before you're going to go to the grocery store. There's enough there, but you still have to sometimes put some substitutions in to get the flavor that you like. And then there's other times where the, 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 <laughs> the, there, is no, there is no struggle to put together a good meal, and that is the case here. We got lots to get to, and, and a lot of things we won't even touch on. Home sales in the area are beginning to, and this is a nationwide thing, they're beginning to plateau any number of reasons for it. But if you're like me, and you, you purchased a home any, any while ago, you probably have a realtor down your throat saying, hey, hey, you interested in selling? You interested in selling? Interested in selling your home? You can make a good profit. Well, great, but the profit only is there if I plan to sell the home and then 
take up residency on a park bench at Phoenix Park. I, I'd have to take that profit and buy another home. And then, of course, I wonder where is that home going to be? Uh, so realtors in the area are desperately trying to find and create inventory. And that's not a, I'm not I'm not chastising the realtors. It's good for them to be aggressive, and that's what's going to separate the realtors that ride the waves of the ebbs and flows of the market from those that just come in and it's kind of a part-time gig for them, and that exists, and they don't have the strength nor the stamina to get through the more difficult times. So I don't blame the realtors because you keep cold calling is in essence what they're doing old contacts of theirs new people that they know are four five six plus years into a home you may find that person that says yeah you know what we're kind we were kind of thinking about downsizing or or upgrading or anything like that but again i it can't just be me person that helped us get the the home that we are in the Montesano mansion uh, all over me in the last month or so. Hey, uh, want me to tell you what your home is worth? I know it's worth a lot. I'll guarantee you it's worth a lot more than Zillow says it's worth. And it's, and it's worth a lot on Zillow. I'll tell you why it's worth more. Because my sense has been around the house. Scott Montesano is soaked into the walls. That, that, that's a premium. That's a premium price you got to pay. When that happens. So you got that to talk about. The, the disturbing story of the Altoona man found dead in Rockford, Illinois. Let's all be honest, though. I think we all breathe the sigh of relief. And the story lost a little bit of its juice. And it's unfortunate this is the way we all think, but it is human nature. The story lost a lot of its juice locally when you found out that there there was another market involved and you kind of want to find out how we ended up down in Rockford, Illinois, but there doesn't seem to be an awful lot of, oh my God, hand the mouth with that story as you would have otherwise thought it would have been. There is the, let's be frank as well, let's, we're big boys and girls. It's a 70 year, 79 year old, right? 79 year old white man. If that was an 18-year-old female, extra points if it's a white blonde, let's be honest, that story would still be leading off the local news and it'd be something everybody would be talking about. It's, it's just the way it is. We're not going to go down a sociological argument here. I'm not saying it's right that that's the way we all think, but that just tends to be the way right now. We can have a whole other debate as to, hey, we got to stop thinking that way. It's very tragic when a white blonde girl has something horrible happen to her. Absolutely tragic. It's equally, not more so, but not less so, it's equally as tragic when X, Y, and Z happens to X, Y, and Z person. But we're not going to really touch on that story as well. Got other things to get to today. We're going to talk about in just a moment. Uh, is the city of Eau Claire hiding opinions on the city manager, Stephanie Hirsch. We'll talk about that. Is Pizza Del Rey overrated? 
that pizza chain, well, not chain, that local restaurant. We'll talk about that. And uh, is it about time we, we, we flush the toilet on the DHS investigation? We got all of that, but we'll start off with this. A story we have touched on off and on over the course of the last couple of years, and that is the skate park in the area or, or skaters in the area, skateboarders. Don't call them skateboarders, though. They want to be called skaters. Now, when I think skaters, because of my hockey background, I think of ice skates. But skateboarders say, no, 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 we're skaters. I'm not going to get into some stupid argument like that. But as you and I know, there's been a skate park over at, uh, over at uh, what was it, Long? Long uh, it's over, it's over uh, what's the name of the elementary school? The one that's near Carson Park. Well, it's, it's been over there for a while, since, what, 2013? And the Eau Claire Skaters Association has been pushing rather forcibly, not in a bad way, not in a bad way, but forcibly. They know what they want, and they pushed for it. They've been pushing for more skating options for the last several years, and that is going to happen now. The Boyd Park Skate Park is coming. And we've known Boyd Park was a area that had been ID'd for a couple of years now. The city council last week voting 11 to 0 to spend $20,000, not $20,000, There we go. City Council voting 11-0, clean sweep, to spend $200,000 on this Boyd Park skate park. In addition to other things that will be going on at Boyd Park. The Eau Claire Skaters Association, they are adding $75,000 to it. So the skaters are adding $75,000 to this. And the city, $200,000. It'll be 5,200 square feet, significantly bigger than the one that is at uh, Lakeshore Park. That's at Lakeshore Elementary School. So this will be significantly larger than the one that was built about a decade ago at Lakeshore Elementary. There will be new playground equipment as well. So if people are not into skateboarding, there's still things that people will benefit from. And this won't impact the uh, very large winter ice rink. Remember, Boyd Park has that big ice rink. Uh, it'll just be slightly smaller with uh, these various projects that'll be going on. Is this something I'm going to benefit from? Absolutely not. My kids aren't skateboarders. I'm not a skateboarder. I don't think any of my employees are skateboarders. I don't think they've got any friends that are skateboarders. However, as we've said before, that doesn't mean that I'm necessarily against it. It's not something I'm really passionate for, but I'm also not passionately against it. And if this is going to make some people happy in the area, by all means, I'm okay with it. I want this to be noted, though. Like I've said to all of you when this happens, take stock of what the city council is doing with this project and store it. Because if there's something that you want down the road... It's not that this isn't blackmail, this isn't extortion, it's not anything like that, but you can go, hey, you know what, we didn't stand in the way when you wanted to spend X, Y, and Z on this, how about you spend some money on this now, how about you spend our pool of money, our pool of money, that's key, on this now, 
my tax dollars are going to this thing that I really don't benefit from, but I see why you have it. Now I want my money for this. It's just something to keep in mind. I am happy with the city of Eau Claire spending money on toys. It's a good thing to spend money on toys. They make life worth living. I remember Dale Peters was on a banker with a beer a couple years ago. This is just before the pandemic hit. And he had just announced he was going to be stepping down. So this is probably January or February before the pandemic a couple years ago. And as you and I have known, I've always talked about things like the Pablo Center and all these as being toys. You can live life without them, but toys make life worth living. And I remember I brought that up to him. And I said, hey, you know, good that you guys spent money on these things and the trails and all this. You're spending money on toys. And my goodness gracious, you would have thought I just called his wife ugly. He got a snarl on his face, stared me straight right to me. Like, how dare I call these things toys? And he started to snap back with all the economic impact. And I'm like, well, dude, I agree with you. I was complimenting you. <laughs> but sometimes people get very defensive and I can understand why because when you see money get spent on something like the Boyd Park skate park and on playground equipment you always have people that say and it's only been augmented enhanced since you've had social media the people that say oh you can spend money on that but you're not spending money on the homeless It's always one of the quickest, easiest, laziest arguments people always have. Whether it's the homeless or you're not spending money on housing. You're not spending money on on fixing the pothole out in front of my house. So in one area, I'm defending the the city of Eau Claire. Now it's time maybe we, uh, we don't defend the city of Eau Claire. Did you see this? And I bet a lot of you didn't because I know that readership for the Leader Telegram is dwindling. But one of the best parts of the Leader Telegram now is its editorial section. They write very good, locally focused editorials, have been for the last couple of years. And overall, I will defend the Leader Telegram. It is the best source of news in the area. I know some of you do not like the the lean it has and, and all of that. I know the Democratic Party very much is against the leader telegram. Uh, I think I find that laughable because conservatives think the leader telegram's too liberal. It's amazing, but I think it's it's the most in-depth reporting you're going to have in this area. Volume one has always has been teetering for the last couple of years. I've always thought they they were about to go all in on on reporting. And what hurts the volume one is that they may have a, a serious article, but it's also sandwiched around five fluff pieces so you've got the leader telegram great reporting they do there whether you agree or not they 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 it's the best source of local news in the area well we know stephanie hirsch was hired as the city manager last month and took over at the beginning of this month the leader telegram wanted to get the records of what did these city groups say to the hiring committee the hiring committee 
spoke to various city departments and various employees and employee groups to get their feedback after they had talked to Dave Solberg and Stephanie Hirsch. Lear Telegram stated their efforts to obtain the official recommendations from various city department groups for city manager have been stonewalled by the city via basically legalese. Legalese. All right. Finding, you know, you can always look through rule books and legalization and find something that backs up something you want to do. So for the city, they don't want to release these recommendations. They don't want to release what they were told by departments. They don't want to release, so they are hiding behind some legalese. Long story short, the city is stretching its legalese argument to keep these quiet. When in reality, the public likely has more of a legal backing to know. And the leader telegram, I understand, is, is, is working through various court channels to possibly get these things unsealed. I come back at it with this. The more you hide it, if I'm the city of Eau Claire, the more you hide it, and let's be honest, it probably was not universally in favor of Stephanie Hirsch, even if she's, even if it's 90% in favor, it's still 10% not. I don't think anybody was is expecting that one or the other candidate was entire was universally recommended. But the more you hide it, the more you play into a murmur in this city that Stephanie Hirsch was hired merely because she was not a middle-aged white man. Let's be frank. Now, I'm not calling... Let's, let's not start you know, saying you know, the, 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 the middle-aged white man is, is persecuted in this country. I, 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 I am now a middle-aged white man. You know, we, we've had a lot of breaks our way, but there's a big murmur in this area. It's more of a murmur. It's a whisper now in this area. You've heard it. I've heard it ever since she was hired, no matter what her qualifications are, and they are very, very good, Dave Solberg hadn't done anything wrong in his turn as interim city manager. And as I said, going into it, I told you all, I said, any other time if Dave Solberg was coming from the outside, you'd go, all right, hey, it's it's Stephanie Hirsch. But Dave Solberg was already there. So it's no different than the challenger unseating the champion. Was a change worth it? And I kind of wondered a little bit. The more you hide what city department said, you're playing into those murmurs of people thinking Stephanie Hirsch was hired merely because she was not a middle-aged white man. If those recommendations came back overwhelmingly in support of Dave Solberg, that would be a fatal blow to the respect we have as citizens towards the city council. But at the same time, if there was lots of support for Stephanie Hirsch, well, you squelch those murmurs. And if it came back 60-40 or even a split, you can make the argument, hey, yeah, a number of departments said, yeah, let's stay with Dave, but we had another, a number of other departments that said a change was necessary. And we go, you know what? He's been here for two years. There's enough people that want change. Fine. But when you hide it, 
when you hide it as they are, you're playing into the rumors. Now, what they'll come back and they'll say is, well, if it comes out, obviously there's going to be things that are said that are, are, are negative towards Stephanie Hirsch, and she could hold that against a city department. That's true, but that's where the checks and balances come in of the public. It's where the checks and balances come in of the public. If all of a sudden, the Department of Space Services, that doesn't exist, but the Department of Space Exploration in Eau Claire did not want her, and we start seeing that she's in the public eye, she's starting to hammer away at that. You know, People are smart enough to figure these things out. We always have to remember, city government is not within a fortress wall. It's not the same lazy arm of you work for us, but you have to remember that all of these things here are people doing services that you and I really don't want to do. So you, we hire people to do it. No different than some of you hire somebody to mow your lawn. You hire somebody to plow your driveway. You hire somebody to bring you food. In this case, we're hiring some, we're hiring people to, and in some cases that we're hiring people so that they'll hire other people to do various city services. We have a right to know. Be frank with you, though, if this leader telegram editorial didn't come out, I would have not thought anything of it. But now that you know that there is an effort by the city to hide parts of that hiring process from you, I think that's very important to know. You're playing into the murmurs. You're playing into it. It's, it's like, and we'll talk about it in a moment, the DHS. The DHS did nothing and has done nothing to make it seem like they're innocent. And when you do something like this in the city of Eau Claire, you know, people like Steve and Nick sometimes are a little wishy-washy in what they know legal-wise anyway. When you do this, you're just adding to... There's, I, I, I'm frustrated. Let's move on. Let's talk pizza. Big right turn here on the program, because I've wanted to talk about this for a while, uh, Pizza Del Rey. And I know some of you think of Pizza Del Rey as a party in your mouth. Uh, it's, it's, it's buffet was very popular until they closed uh, last year. I think a lot of people were surprised they closed the way they did. They just flat out closed. They didn't close and see if they could sell or anything like that. No, they, they closed and that was it for Pizza Del Rey. And it was not a bluff when they put it on the market and then sold like uh, Dragon Eddie's. A lot of people, myself included, think that Dragon Eddie's announcement last year was a, was a ruse. And hear from some people that say it was all ruse. Dragon Eddie's went on the market. It was simply to try to beef up uh, their, their business again and then some other things. I, I don't know. But Pizza Del Rey closed. It was a big gut, for, big gut punch, literally, for a number of you. Well, it has been purchased by the same family that owns Demeter's, one of the few remaining food court options at the desolate Oakwood Mall. And they sell euros and things of that nature. I'm not a big fan of euros, so I do not, I don't think I ever have eaten anything produced by Demeter's. But Demeter's is going to purchase Pizza Del Rey in hopes in, a, in several months to reopen 
the Hastings Way location, bring back the pizza buffet. They've purchased the recipes. They'll have all of that, uh, and people will be happy. They'll get Pizza Del Rey, and there'll be some people that'll say it's not the same, and there'll be others that say, oh, this is great, and so on. I am not a pizza snob. Even though I come from New York, I'm not a pizza snob. I like good pizza. and any, I'll even have Chicago deep dish, though I view Chicago deep dish when I eat Chicago deep dish more like I'm eating a lasagna, but I like it. The only thing I'm somewhat against is things like taco pizza, because if I want tacos, I'm going to go get a taco, but you can, you can call shenanigans on me because I'm now a big fan of mac and cheese pizza. Northern Tap House makes a great mac and cheese pizza, so my anti-taco pizza stance gets push right back in my face because I'll eat mac and cheese pizza when you can just get regular mac and cheese. But I digress. Is Pizza Del Rey overrated? I ate there a couple of times and I was like, eh, eh. If you like it, teach your own, but I am not somebody that is celebrating the return of Pizza Del Rey. I'm, I'm happy that there's a business in the area instead of a vacant building, but yay, Pizza Del Rey, woo. I'm just not a big fan of it. Not a big fan of Pizza Del. I was not a big fan of it before. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the cracker-style crust. I'll occasionally eat Sammy's. That's fine. But I'm not a big fan of the, of the cracker crust. But if you want to do your history, that's what a lot of you in, this, in the Midwest were introduced to is pizza. For the longest time in the 60s and 70s, as pizza became popularized... In the Midwest, a lot of it was a cracker crust. You either had Chicago deep dish, which is lasagna, or you had the cracker crust. You did not have the Sicilian crust or not the, uh, uh, the Napoli crust, hand-tossed, if you will. Pizza's pizza, though. It's all good. Like, and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not forcing any of it down like, a, like I'm trying to eat a, a burnt bass dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of something that's getting a lot of hype, by the way, uh, that that little brick building near Hobbs, I guess they put a burger company, they put a, they put a burger restaurant in there. They're calling it Valley Burger Company. Clearly, it's, I mean, you've got Milwaukee Burger Company. You couldn't have thought of a better name for that, but uh, a classic case of, uh, let's just say I know some people who know some people. Uh, I've mentioned this on the show before, this Eau Claire Foodies group on Facebook. It's hilarious to, to, to go through this Eau Claire Foodies group. It's hilarious. But what some of these restaurateurs do, and they're smart, is they get their friends to post pictures and post quasi-reviews of, oh, this is the greatest thing ever and all that, and they're friends of friends that post, and I, I know it for a fact that a couple of restaurants in the area have done that. They flat out have told me that that's what they do. That's how they market. It's, 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 it's the influencing marketing for it. So if, you, if you're out Eau Claire Foodies Group, you would think that the Valley Burger Company is the absolute best thing food-wise, you know, the best thing culinary-wise to take over this area since Line and Kugels produced their first keg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one more thing to touch on today still no update on the DHS uh, credit to WQOW for this WQOW did a follow up 
we were actually, and this is why I give them a lot of credit, we were apparently right up on the edge of when the sheriff's department was supposed to release documents. And, well, the documents have been resealed. We may learn more in October. No guarantees from Sheriff Ron Kramer, who, by the way, is not running for re-election. Come early November, somebody else will be elected, and by the end of the year, somebody else will be the sheriff. So is he just running out the clock now, you wonder? But no update on the DHS, documents resealed, and I'm frustrated like the rest of you. Guilty is guilty, and if something bad occurred, it's like a coffee stain on a carpet. It doesn't go away. But at one point, if you don't take care of it, it just becomes part of the carpet and you just put a recliner over it. It's been years now since they had issues. You may be at a point right now where some of the people that may have done... I, I said this, and this is what frustrates me. Because even if nothing criminally happened, there was clearly mismanagement. And that Diane Cable's gotten away with her rear end smelling as though it's been soaked in Febreze. That's frustrating. That's upsetting. So... I'm not 100% sure that they did something criminally wrong, but clearly they did. They had mismanagement. But th this thing is dragged on and on and on. You're at a point right now where people probably have left, the, left it, uh, all of this. And to that end, if they are innocent, if they are innocent, they've been carrying extra weight that is unnecessary. I get that there hasn't been cooperation. But we've been at a public standstill now on this story for what, two years? Nothing. No morsel. I'm starting to wonder two things with the DHS investigation. One, there isn't anything. That there isn't anything. Two, and this is more likely... There is something there, but the investigators can't get enough to feel as though what th th there's something there, but the investigators don't think they can get enough to feel as though they would satisfy the growing expectation. It's a self-penalizing prophecy. It keeps getting built up, so you'll never have enough to feel the whole thing is justified. It's like planning a vacation for years. And then when the vacation comes, you have a, you have a great vacation, but you, you still feel like you could have done more because you just kept building it up in your head. You overbuilt it up. <laughs> and that's really the, the reality I think you have with this now. Sheriff Ron Kramer's got it. They got it. They got either... What, 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 what's the thing we used to always say? You either have to do your business or get off the toilet. You have to do something or get off the toilet. Because the story now is, is, is through generations. There's been multiple elections at the county board level since this. The story doesn't mean anything now. Oh, Scott, if you think you can do it better, why don't you do it yourself? Oh, the world would be a much better place if I could take care of it uh, myself. Well, lots of other things to cover, hopefully, on Thursday. Speaking of the county board, uh, Stella Pagonis and Nick Smyre uh, 
We'll see which one gets voted as the chairperson. We'll have that on Thursday. See if some other things pop up as well. Uh, what else are we going to have here? Uh, going to talk some eSports on Thursday. Esports, don't laugh. I think that's definitely something that local schools should be looking at uh, very much. Because I'll say you this, if you say all oh, lazy kids sitting there playing their video games, there's as much skill involved in that as there is. This is not what we used to think of, think of as video games, the amount of skill, strategy, all that sort of thing. It's as mentally stimulating and physically necessary as playing instruments, being in a band. I mean, outside of marching band, you do. I mean, you'll work up a little bit of a sweat playing certain musical instruments, but you're, it's not about athleticism. Same thing in video games. We'll talk about that much, much more coming up on Thursday. On behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Montesano saying there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody.